Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Andy, what, what do we like this afternoon? Tell the boys and girls. Well, it was Wednesday, and one thing I have really enjoyed during luck, luck, lockdown. I don't call lockdown. it lockdown. Yeah. Lockdown. <laughs> or as my predictive text says on my phone, lick down every time I try and text. It was even more repulsive but the thing one of the things i've really enjoyed is mike parry catching mm. up with the old um, mike himself and, gonna, uh, the old the old mad what? ideas the old mike we spoke to a cricket coach who basically has trained a brazilian supermodel to bat within 21 days she's yeah it's watching her again on oh, it's, it's on our twitter feed she's tremendous honestly i wish i could play like that yeah, um the road trip to brazil josh mm. whittingham came on didn't he paul he was good he was value good, josh good yeah form. he was good value uh, Steve Bruce, of course, who Josh knows, and uh, we talked about that. And Jeff Pope, the brilliant uh, producer and writer, uh, he's got a new series starting next week using the uh, basically the situation that we're in at the moment, and uh, that sounds pretty good too. Yeah. Okay, so a nice bumper one for you. I hope you enjoy it all. Here it all is. <laughs> good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon, Paul. And uh, let's start by congratulating Arsenal fan. She's only 10. Our Imogen Papworth Heidel. She's uh, basically aiming to do 7.1 million keepy-uppies, one for every UK key worker. She, I think she was amazing. inspired by Captain Tom. It is. But she's doing about 2,500 a day. Mm. So I worked it out. It's about 17,500. She's already passed her 1,300-pound target. She's brilliant, really, for a 10-year-old. Yeah. But she, she's going to hope for a long lockdown, though, because I worked it out. She's only doing 17,500 a week. Yeah. So if you think about it, that's what? It's, it's a She's going to need about a six-month I love, lockdown. I love the way you did You did a little bit of maths, but not all the maths. I think not all of it. It's no. just your dedication to the calls knows bounds, doesn't it? It does. It, well, it, it, you're it, talking to that a... would work out quite a lot. Oh, yeah, thanks. I, I thought you were then going to say it would take her three years and 25 days and 16 minutes, but no, not yeah. you. 
Oh, it'll take no. you quite a lot. We <laughs> yeah, are talking to a man who failed maths O level three times. So, wow. you know, don't, don't expect too much, as David O'Leary would say. <laughs> um, a wedding took place on the weekend, and uh, it's amazing, really, this, that it still took place yeah. between Mr. Kurt, no, not Mr. <laughs> Mr. Colonel, Lieutenant Colonel DJ Wildridge and Miss L. Hovey. And basically, I, I won't go through all the details, but the bride was attended by Margot Wildridge Ibbotson, and both families were present on Zoom. So that's how, that was a Zoom wedding. Wow. And uh, I was reading an article, I don't know if you read this on Sunday, this is uh, the guy that invented Zoom, he's called Eric Yuan, and you can imagine he's doing quite well at the moment. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's been his cup final really. But he, he has a dream though, that he dreams of Zoom eventually linking with artificial intelligence, providing a virtual hug that you can feel. So like we'd be speaking to each other, I could give you a hug, you'd feel it, it'd be quite nice. And Or when you drink tea or coffee, with one click you could digitise the smell. So you could analyse the smell in my flat yeah. and recreate it in your house. I'm not sure about that. quite unfortunate, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or vice versa. <laughs> bit windy, you know, it could be quite well, nasty, could be, couldn't it? But. I mean, you know what it's like in the end, when you're in a confined space, you just get used to it. But um, talking of which, Andy, am I right yeah, in thinking you've got a problem with cheese? You're not a fan of the cheese, are you? I'm not a fan of the raw cheese. I quite like a melted cheese raw or a cheese, cheese on pasta. It's, it's yeah, don't cheese. ask me. I, yeah, See, it's weird, isn't it? I because no most idea. people yeah. would have a problem with melted cheese. That's where they'd have the issue, not with the block or, or whatever. Mm. Uh, I, I, yeah. I mention this because the French have been urged to eat more cheese as an act of patriotism. Oh, really? So, uh, yeah, the, the cheesemakers have said that sales have been plummeting. So they're saying it's your, it's your right as a, as, as a Frenchman or Frenchwoman to eat duty. a lot more cheese. It is your duty. What? So, what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Why? Why, why, why? Would, why, would the, why would cheese consumption be down and people are still at home eating? Why would, I don't know. I mean, again, again, a bit like you, Andy, I've done some very sketchy research. I've looked no more. I mean, I was just thinking if you're Irish, you owe it to the good people at Guinness. <laughs> Surely. Uh, this <laughs> is the thing. You can make a case for that all around the world, can't you? Well, uh, you can. I mean, it's very important to support all these things that you want to be there when lockdown ends. Uh, there's a lot of whys at the moment. Here's another one for you. Hmm. Uh, 20 historic cannonballs have been stolen from a stately home. Wow. A shocked Lady Bathurst said the thief stole the heavy ammo from beneath two old cannons. What would be the point? Unless you've got a cannon yourself, what are you going to do with 20 cannonballs? They'll look good in the garden, wouldn't they? Don't you think they'd... Or, <laughs> or if you're trying to... Mark out a pathway. Imagine if you're like your oh, yeah. pathway and you're all semi-detached. Yeah. If you've got cannonball pathway. Remember him? What a jazz musician he was. <laughs> he was Cannonball pathway. He? He was, oh, I liked he him. He was brilliant. He was yeah, marvellous. Nice. Yeah. The Queen, it was, in the, uh, it was in the Royal Court Circular, the, mm. the Times. The Queen spoke to the Prime Minister of New Zealand yesterday. Okay. And yeah. uh, you can imagine the conversation. How the hell did you manage it? Can you come over here? <laughs> I can yeah. imagine she's getting all the plaudits. But talking about Prince Harry, did you see that he was uh, did a thing for uh, a royal version of Thomas the Tank Engine? Yeah. Did you see this? He did. He, he wrote the. Uh, oh, I've got to find it now. Here we are. Yes, he's followed. It was an introductory celebration of Thomas the Tank Engine, and it says the Harry's seen relaxing in an armchair, a reading from a book called Thomas and the Royal Engine, mm. which uh, is an episode in the series that features animated versions of the Queen and young Prince Charles. And I was just wondering, is there a Prince Harry train that goes off the rails and just sweeps into them? Probably not. Nice. Uh, probably not. A lot of uh, bit of <laughs> satire not. there. Thank you very much. I say to Jamie, I've got any sport at the top of this. It's ridiculous. I've got cannonballs. I've got raw. I have got, I made a note that Pretty Patel, the Home Secretary, yeah. sounds like Trevor Brooke. Have you noticed that? 
I, I, I know. I know what you mean. She does. She's, she. She's not big on the G's at the end of a word, no. is she? So she won't say put. She won't say putting. She'll say putting. It's a bit. Putting, uh, it's cooking. a bit like a well, Spike Milligan thing going on there. <laughs> yeah. you know, one yes. on them, isn't it? It's it's, uh, it's. I've noticed it. It's true. You about putting yeah. on the style. Um, it is a bit. Yeah, uh, a bit Peter Sellers songs for swinging sellers, isn't it? Rock and roll music, you understand. Yeah, that's one for the teenagers. Something like that. Yeah, and uh, people in in Scotland. Did you see mm. these two people in Scotland who found a snake in their oven? This was in the sun this morning. Mm. You think where they they're in Cumbernauld, North Lanarkshire? You wouldn't imagine that's a very common area for snakes. So I presume it was somebody's. Pet, I suppose they ended up yeah. in their oven. But you got, got any got sport? Shock. You got any sport? I mean, have you got <laughs> any no sport, sport. Have even just a little bit of sport? Got, as this is talk sport, have you got? I've got nothing no sport. on the sport. I thought Pretty Patel sounding like Trevor Brooking was possible. Well, Imogen, Imogen Papworth Heidel, Heidel, Heidel yeah. is basically doing keepy up. Is that sport? Isn't it? When you were congratulating sort of. at the top, I thought you were about to congratulate um, <laughs> the Prime Minister and his partner on, on the birth of the baby. Oh, yes. Well, that's, that's I mean, great, no, it's going it? to be it's going to be called, you know, I don't know, uh, Plato, <laughs> Rosencrantz, <laughs> Kefeffel, Ole Biscuit Barrel, uh, Johnson. But what about a nice Kev or a Dave or a Keith? Dave. Or, or a Trev. Let's just bring back <laughs> a chance to bring back a great old British name that's been a Nige. That's been underused uh, over the well, years. Why not? Yeah, it's not going to be called Nigel. Let's be it's, honest. It's it's, un, it's unlikely, but it's just a thought. If, if he's unlikely. listening on his way to the hospital this afternoon. Oh, I have got a bit of sport though. Did you yeah. see these? Uh, this is in Martin Lipton's excellent column about supporters. Now, actually, oh, no, it was Neil Custis' story. I must oh give yeah, him credit. Yeah, it was about these pods that we could see at our football grounds that you yeah. have to walk through before you can take your place in the stand and it's called yeah. uh, the sanitizing tunnel you yeah. get treated with uv light and sanitizing spray to help eliminate uh, any other germs on them and some of the hygiene personal hygiene of people who go to football sit near me i'll be quite grateful for that yeah really, honestly. Mm. going terrific. back to what you said about the smell in the house there's that bloke who sits near you uh, victor yeah. trumper he's <laughs> oh, he, he's constantly going off throughout the game isn't he um, he will. He won't admit it. The idea of him going through a sanitizer <laughs> would be—I mean, it would—it would work. There'd be a faint whiff of Isel now and again, but this is better than what it is at the moment. <laughs> anyway, we bring you a theme a day, don't we, Andy? We bring you a theme yes, we a day, do. and we do this to remind you of when um, uh, sport was live. Although this one's slightly different because it's a memory of a fine old football drama. It's Dream Team on Sky. Remember Dream Team on Sky? Yes, Andy Anderson. What was Andy Anderson's catchphrase, the former South End player? All right, lads, outside, gaffer's wing. That's <laughs> that sort it. Of thing, I think. That's the only yeah. line Andy ever got in about uh, five years of being in the show. But it's he got a good career out of it. Let's he be certainly honest. did. Yeah, that's right. Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby and Jacobs uh, here on TalkSport every Wednesday. We check in on Mike Parry to see how he's faring during lockdown. And he joins us now. Uh, Mr. Parry, good afternoon. 
Hi, guys. Uh, I hope you're keeping well. Thank you very much for inquiring about my own health, as you know. Uh, I heard you say earlier, only one third of the hard works, but battling on, fellas, and keeping Fantastic. safe. I've made my own face mask. It's a homemade, self-made one. It's very, very <laughs> resilient, so I'm feeling safe out there. What have you made it from, Mike? That's good. Tell me what materials have you used? Uh, well, it wasn't totally scientific. I cut up a Tesco bag, right? And if you think about a bag with handles, I, I don't know what you're sniggering about. This is very scientific. Um, I used the handles uh, on the bag as the things you wrap around your ear. Do you see what I mean? Right. So I put a handle on yes. left ear, handle on right ear, pulled it to the middle, cut it with a pair of scissors, pulled it in, and then put plaster across my nose uh, to make it absolutely airtight. And so far, it has worked like a dream. Well, I mean, providing I don't catch the virus within the next seven days, obviously. But so far, I don't appear to have it. <laughs> We'd love to see a picture of that, Mike. If you get a chance to send out a picture for your followers, we will certainly yeah. retweet it, because it, sound, it sounds a bit Heath okay. Robinson, but if it works, it works. That's the important thing, isn't it? Well, actually, not only have I got a picture of it, I also put out an instructory little video oh, of okay. uh, how I wear it and how I get on with it. The only problem, of course, is it's so efficient that my voice behind my mask is a little bit muted, but some would say that's not a bad thing. OK, I'll go and check that out then, Mike. Thank you for that. Excellent. <laughs> You'll, you will actually find <laughs> it on my timeline there, fellas, because I'm usually ahead of the game, you know what I mean? Of course. I'm just looking at your timeline now, and uh, I see you're uh, you're admiring Ken Barlow, a man we often talk about on this show. William yeah. Roach, of course, who plays him. Yeah. He is incredible, isn't he? He looks about he looks about sixty. I agree with you. He's incredible, isn't he? For his do you age? think he's typecast though, Mike? Now, do you think? I mean, would it be difficult for him? Do you think to take on a, a, another part <laughs> to pop up in EastEnders, for example? Well, well, I think at 88, it probably would. But these, <laughs> these, these actors and actresses who, who go into the um, soap operas, they make a decision or not, don't they? Like, for instance, Michelle Keegan, right, she started in Coronation Street. She decided to opt out. So she went and um, did My Girl and all that. Another yeah. great female uh, actress in Coronation Street, Sarah Lancashire. Yeah. Or, yeah, that's right, Sarah Lancashire. She's done brilliant things, you know, outside of Coronation Street. Ken Barlow just decided, I've got a really steady job. And this, believe it or not, fellas, was 55 years ago, right? Yeah. Uh, I like doing three episodes a week, as it was then. Then it went up to four, then six. He still does it. And I think he's a very, very good actor. I really do. You're absolutely right about his resilience to age. But you know that he is a druid. And uh, you'll often find him at Stonehenge, you know, on the longest day and the shortest day of the year, walking around in white robes and all that kind of stuff. And... He genuinely believes that the the value of fresh air, literally just breathing air, has helped him elongate his life. I mean, he's got more hair than most people half his age, you know. And and I saw him interviewed recently, you know, in, in self-isolation, and he's yeah. so lucid. I mean, if I'm anything like him when I'm 88, which I won't reach, by the way, um, I would be very pleased. <laughs> I see. Now, Andy, I'm sorry, Andy, just show me the picture, Mike, of you in your homemade mask. And oh, you I don't like think, it? I think it will stop you getting the virus, because if I saw you walking towards me in that, I would definitely, <laughs> I would definitely cross the road. It's a bit silence of the lambs, Mike. It, it does look... It's a, it's a bit... It don't you think? 
Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> but then again, how much should vanity take part in your decision to try and save your own life? You know what I mean? True, and yeah. I, I, I stuck it together with plaster and, you know, the plastic bag and, and the earlobes and all that kind of stuff. And I've only ever got on one bus since lockdown because I had to, because unfortunately the medial ligament in my knee went and I had to go and uh, collect my medicines, you know. So I had to get a bus. Uh, down into town and um, you know, I got on the bus, made sure there was nobody else around, asked a few people to move away and then stood, you know, in the middle of the bus in, you know, in almost total confidence because I had my mask on. I would not have got on, the, on, the, on that bus without my mask. It's, well, it's a good look, Mike, and I, th- I think they could. you should be knocking those up in your kitchen and everybody's well, going well, well, to want one. Well, yeah, maybe I will. Now, listen, fellas, what we really need to talk about, because yeah. um, it's very kind of you to have mentioned this earlier, mm. is my plan to reopen pubs, yeah? Oh, yeah. Because, you see, where I live in Stockbroke about Surrey, there are an awful lot of pubs that have got really big pub gardens, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a pub near me called The Well, and it's a lovely pub in Lower Kingswood, and it was actually used by George Best, uh, God rest his soul, whose right. home was just on the rise behind the pub, OK? Yeah. But it's got, it's, it's got a massive pub garden, and I would say there are probably 20 tables in that garden, you know, wooden tables with wooden benches and all that kind of stuff, and they're easily two metres away from each other, easily more likely three or four. Now, when the weather's good, as it was last week, uh, it's gone a bit uh, cooler now, I see no reason at all why people can't go in through the car park, because you can go in through the car park, you can be allocated a table, and then one member of the party from the table goes to the back door of the pub and is let in on a basis of only three customers at a time, up to the bar, almost like a sort of self-service, gets the drinks on a tray and then comes out to the other exit and goes to their table in the garden. I can't say why that can't happen. Well, it's, I mean, it's, look, it's, at the moment, I suppose it's, you're relying on people doing the, <clears throat> doing the right thing. And generally people have, Mike. There's a trust element uh, yes. to that. But there is a slight danger if you open pubs and people might start to take liberties. But look, your system, I've, I've, I can't question that. It, it does sound quite yeah. good. Um, um, you, yeah, sorry, carry on. No, no, please, go on. I was just going to say, Mike, you've, you've, I know we're quite keen to find out more about your, um, your uh, self-help therapy, yeah. uh, buzzing yeah, sure. your new system uh, that yeah, you sure. can help some other people. Well, I've been a big bee fan for a long, long time. I've been warning people for years that if we don't look after bees and we don't um, provide for bees to be able to pollinate flowers and other plants, then we'll all starve to death. People think it's, it's a joke. It's not. The only reason that, you know, yeah. corn grows in the fields, the only reason that we have crops is because the bees pollinate them, OK? Yeah. There's nothing more beautiful than walking across a meadow uh, on the North Downs and seeing hundreds of bees pollinating the flowers and that kind of stuff, right? Now, the, the lifestyle of a bee should be examined greatly by people in self-isolation because mm. bees are very independent. But a bee has more inner serenity according to bee scientists, than any other living creature. And what you do is, right, you adopt a new breathing policy where you breathe in slowly, which I don't need to do because I'm talking to you, but when you breathe out, you make a buzzing sound like a bee and you raise your arms left and right 
to imitate the Flapping. wing action of a yeah. bee. And I'll, I'll, just, I'll just do a bit of a buzz can we, for you. Can we do I... one collectively, Mike? The three of us are doing it. So you want us to breathe in. And as we breathe out, buzz like bees and flap our arms, yeah? Yes, please. So okay. let's breathe in first for three seconds, OK? One, two, three. And now let's breathe out. Buzz. You're listening to Talk Sport, by the way. <laughs> no football on. Yeah, yeah. So, did you get that, fellas? I do, yeah. And, I did, uh, yeah, it's good. And yeah. I will do and that you... because I, I, can, I can make use of the honey as well, which is quite useful. So it's, and it's, do, you, it's quite do you get the sense of serenity? That's what I mean. Yeah. The, you know, yeah. the, the, um, the echo of a bee buzzing gives people great serenity just listening to them because they are bees and, and that's what they do. Bees aren't dangerous. They only sting people if they're people get into the wrong place and all that kind of stuff. But the lifestyle of bee is something we should follow, and I'm not joking. I know oh. people are going to think that this is rather obtuse, but it's not oh. obtuse. You know, bees are incredibly valuable, valuable creatures to the planet. They've survived so long because they've adopted themselves, sorry, adapted and adopted to all sorts of problems in their lives, poisons, fertilizers, and everything. The bees got through it, so they've got a lot to teach us. Well, next week, Mike, all you, I mean, over the next seven days, feel free to walk down your high street wearing yeah. your mask, yeah. uh, buzzing, doing the buzzing <laughs> with the arms, <laughs> and we'll catch up with you next week in the specialist facility Thanks, that they Mike. take you to. Can, can, can I just make one suggestion before we go, fellas? Uh, congratulations to the Prime Minister for having a yeah. new son. He's um, a classic scholar. He should call his son Horace Sonus Boris Johnson. Okay. That means Horace, <laughs> son of Boris Johnson. Do you get it? Yes, clever. Yes, it, yes. He, so. he will go. He won't go with Mike. He's not going to be called Mike. Horace. I wouldn't have thought. Look at so. Boris. He's not going to call his son Horace, is he? Or Morris? <laughs> yeah, no, he should. <laughs> Horace was the nickname of uh, Lord Nelson. Horatio Lord Nelson was known by his men as Horace. So he's again yeah. a great British hero. I think Horace would be fantastic. Horace Sonus Boris Johnson. Welcome yeah. to the world. Beautiful. Thank yes. you, Mike. Uh, all the best. We'll yeah. catch up with you next week. Stay safe. Okay, guys. Thank you. <laughs> or, or, there we are. Or uh, Norris. Uh, What's the lifestyle so, of a bee? A bee doesn't have a lifestyle. Is there a magazine it does. that you not seen it? lifestyle of a bee on, on <laughs> TV? Um, so you're going with Norris, Horace, Boris, Johnson. Morris. That, uh, Boris in the and Morris. Morris. Horace, Norris, Boris, Morris, Johnson. <laughs> I mean, it sounds good to me. It would be great, wouldn't he? Get bullied at school, but I mean, it, it's not bad, is it? Anyway, inside a little think, window on the world of Mike Parry. I think uh, he's rubbing off on us, really. Yeah. Well, we were buzzing just now, weren't we? I mean, when people oh, say that, you, oh, I was buzzing. You, you'll see it differently now. So, uh, did you great, though, try yeah. at home and tell us in the next fifteen minutes? Um, whether you feel serene after it or, or just a little bit daft. Uh, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. We never got around to finding out uh, about the fact that he discovered this week that you can freeze milk. All his milk kept going off. Maybe that's something we'll come back to next week. Anyway, <laughs> and Mr. Stark. We never got to that We either. never got to that. And uh, yeah, I think we're going to have to extend this spell to oh, about bloody. half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, we are, we've got one of the weirdest <laughs> stories, a Johnny Nash in itself, except we do have the answer for you. Uh, why did a South African uh, cricket coach teach a, a Brazilian supermodel to bat in 21 days? He looks like Chris Tavray now. It's crazy. Obviously, minus the tash. But uh, that's all coming up in a moment. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. In the next hour of the show, we'll be joined by the screenwriter and producer, Oscar-nominated uh, screenwriter Jeff Pope, big Spurs fan. Uh, he's next week has got a kind of uh, a new show on ITV called Isolation Stories, some short dramas, and it's one of many shows that are being made kind of uh, on the hoof at the moment because there are so many restrictions on making TV shows. I'm working on something at the moment which is uh, virus uh, restricted. It's all going on. The TV channels are looking for new ideas they can do quite quickly. Uh, Jim Watson from The Guardian, the media editor, has just tweeted out that uh, Channel 4 have just announced a show called Snoop Dogs where you get a tour around a celebrity's home and have to guess who it is. The twist is that producers can't get access to the homes due to social distancing, so they're strapping the cameras to the celebrity's pets. It is quite ingenious, it's good. Really. So they're going to have like a GoPro on your dog and he kind of goes running around the house. And but, but, you know, what if he just, like the cat, you put one on the cat and he just sits in front of the fire licking itself in the places that cats do? That's not going to be great telly. <laughs> yeah. You can't do it live. It's going to need no. an edit, isn't it? Well, he sits there playing the violin in front of the uh, of the fireplace. So um, okay. we thought we might ask you for a few lockdown formats. They're, honestly, they're desperate at the moment, I've got one. broadcasters. I've got Andy, one. what have you got? Lockdown yeah. format, yeah? Yeah, we, we examine the many perfumes of the rich and famous in 50 cents. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's very good. Yeah, how would you do it, though? How would you get into... How would you do it? What's the lockdown? That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good that's point. A good point. Well, look, thanks for popping in. I used to pitch ideas with Andy. That's the way it generally went when we went to broadcasters. He'd say, that's a good point, and we'd be ushered back out, back out into the street. Um, I did, there, there must be others. I told you I had my one, which was um, Jerry Halliwell, where it's called Lockdown Ginger. And uh, a celebrity <laughs> run... Good. Celebrity runs up to a house and knocks on the door and then runs off. And from the stride pattern and the sound of their feet, uh, you have she has to guess with some celebrities on Zoom who's just knocked on our door. Then they come back and wait. Good. Look, I didn't say it was any good. Most of the ideas aren't going to be I any good. It. Let's move on. This is a fantastic story. Andy has been saying to me uh, the last oh, yes. few days. I've, I found this story. on I think it was, on, was it on Instagram you, you discovered this? LinkedIn. 
LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Uh, he said there is a cricket coach in South Africa, uh, Gio Calusi, um, and he has decided to teach a Brazilian model called Coco how to bat in 21 days. And we both said, it's fantastic. We've got to get him on. <laughs> and here he is. Uh, Gio, good afternoon. Afternoon, guys. How are you doing? We love this idea. I mean, the, 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 really, the burning question was why? Why did, why did you suddenly, what made you think one day, I'm going to teach Coco out the bat? Well, it, it wasn't really my idea, to be honest. Um, right. Obviously, we were going into lockdown, and I had invested in the nets that we use for me to uh, practice my golf under lockdown, because we're not even allowed to exercise. So we're only allowed to leave the home to go to groceries and pharmacy or a doctor. Hmm. And... Uh, in my uh, excitement at my new toy, I set it up in our foyer, and I was busy working, and she picked up a cricket bat. We've been dating for, well, it was nearly five years. It's five years now uh, since we started, and uh, she dropped some balls and tried to hit them in a net like she'd seen me do earlier, and she said, well, would you, maybe you should teach me as a, so I was like, yeah, 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 I was busy working, and then later on, I thought, she's such a great idea, because it can help show people that if you focus on coaching fundamentals, how quickly and easily you can actually learn to bat. So that, that, that's, that's where the idea came from. And then she was quite horrified yeah, when I said, okay, listen, we're going to do this. And she was like, no, 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 no. I was like, no, no, we're going to do this. Is she your partner or is she a friend? How, yes. how do you, yes, how do you know her? my girlfriend. So we, right. we, we, lived, obviously okay. we lived together. So uh, that, that was our, well, our lockdown's been extended, but that was our challenge. Uh, needless to say, I've been far more disciplined making her do that than, than me hitting golf balls daily. <laughs> does she? I mean, do you, does she play tennis? Does she play other sports? So she's generally got good hand-eye coordination. Don't you, so you felt that she could play? Do you play other sports together? Uh, no, not at all. So she, okay. you know, the whole time we've been together, even though cricket's what I do, uh, she's had like zero interest in it. Um, <laughs> uh, she played volleyball. So I mean, I don't, I don't try to play volleyball with her and see. She certainly, up until this point, hasn't uh, tried to learn anything about cricket or, or have anything to do with cricket. So, I mean, she was fantastic in, in helping me prove what can be done uh, using a simple method. I thought the forward defensive on day 21 was excellent. I mean, sort of like, uh, it was like Virat Kohli. I mean, her technique was pretty good, wasn't it? I mean, the timing. Yeah. And the, when you had her hooking the ball off her nose, I thought, blimey, you know, that's, that's impressive. And it, it all, guys, it, it really, cricket is made so complicated and it needn't be. It all starts with the swing of the bat. If you learn how to swing the bat correctly, and there is an optimal way to do it, and you only have to look at every player who's averaged over 50 in the history of the game, they all adhere to the same fundamental. Obviously, there's slight variances in it, but if you can coach that fundamental to people, it makes learning all of the shots so easy as i mean you could see for her i mean we did 15 to 25 minutes a day and the shot that we did the most of would have been the pull shot because that's the easiest way to learn the swing but i mean the 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 defensive strokes i think we did two days each on that uh back foot drives we didn't even do two full days on that because she hurt her wrist the first day and she was able to do that just by developing the natural a natural bat flow we're, um, I think we're going to send that out. I'm just looking actually on our timeline on TSH and J, and it doesn't seem to be there at the moment, but we will send it out very soon so we can see Coco batting on day uh, 21. Has she got the bud now? Do you think, uh, do you, mm, do you no, think she's, she's, she's going to want to join a women's team after this? 
no chance. She's done. I think the thing that really helps with the motivation is she's super competitive. So on one of my posts that I put out, like, do you think she can do it? Some Brazilian said no. And she was like, okay, now, now I'm serious about this. I'm going to show, I'm going to prove her wrong. Um, <laughs> I'm going to show her. So I think her competitive uh, nature kicked in after that comment. And then she really started to, uh, to get into it and apply it. And I think, yeah, by the end, she was actually enjoying it. Fantastic. People should go to your, they can watch the kind of story unfold at uh, Gio Colusi. That's G-I-O underscore C-O-L-U-S-S-I, capital C. And uh, you can go and uh, check out what uh, Gio's been doing with uh, Coco uh, to improve her batting. I mean, as, a, as a batting coach, Gio, I mean, when you, I, was, I was looking through your timeline and you're talking about different players. When you look at those kind of very unclassical players, the players that don't have those kind of straight up and down techniques. You've got sort of Steve Smith and one or two others there. Uh, oh, what, yeah. what, do you, what do you make of those guys, those kind of very different, very unclassical cricketers? Well, I mean, well, that's the interesting thing. So there's all of those guys, there's a similarity in the way that they swing the bat. They just fit in to different, uh, you know, if you look at Steve Smith would be on the, the far end of the spectrum where he's got the big loop that comes around. Mm. So he's kind of coming around from backward point and gully. Uh, to somebody like Tendulkar or uh, Kane Williamson, they've all got the same arc. Tendulkar and Williamson is just smaller. But the governing principle is that before they commence the downswing, the toe of the bat is vertical to the sky and the bat face is pointing towards point. Now, in some very, the reason for those posts is I'm trying to open people's minds to this to say, look, well, there's a reason why the straight back, straight through, keep the bat face square has never produced a player to average over 50 because it's, flund- it's fundamentally flawed. And this, the swing which you're saying is unorthodox is mm. actually the natural bat swing. Okay. And it's being coached out of young players because of flawed That's thinking. And it, it, it's a principle, there are coaches who coach it, but the vast majority don't understand it. They think that if your bat's open, you're going to slice the ball, which is absolute nonsense. And all you have to do is look at any other sport and they all, any other racket, club, or bat sport follow the same principle. I mean, you don't swing a golf club square to square. It opens up at the top, and it squares up on contact. You don't hit a forehand square to square. These are, these are established fundamentals, yet it's not established to cricket yet. That's how far behind cricket is. I mean, that, imagine going for a golf lesson, and the guy says, look, swing it any way you like. <laughs> but that's people saying stuff. cricket work it out do your own thing it's do your own thing within the fundamental well look, say hello to Coco Force we look forward to seeing her at Newlands before too long she's got I think she's got the bug now it's fantastic yeah. <laughs> well she's been to Newlands once and she I left off so for half an hour oh, oh dear anyway good to talk oh, to you Joe thanks very much alright pleasure good guys good to talk yeah. for reaching out awesome. there we are uh, Gio Colusi there, yeah, uh, cricket coach, who taught his partner, uh, yeah. Coco, the model, to, to bat. It's interesting and, with... Yeah. What were you going to say? I was going to say it's interesting with Steve Smith. No, I say it's interesting with Steve Smith, because yeah. if you watch that documentary, that wonderful documentary, The Test, I was saying to you last week, he doesn't stop batting. He's batting all the time. He's batting yeah. in his corridor. He's batting in the toilet. He's batting everywhere. And with him, to me, it's, his, it's just he's got the best hand-eye coordination in world sport. Yeah. His technique is absolutely mad, but you know that I think makes a big difference. But uh, interesting stuff. Really, what Joe's done is not a lot different than what you did with uh, Sue. Of course, we've been watching you um, playing table tennis <laughs> in lockdown. You, you took her basically from uh, you know his couch to five k's, and you took her from not being able to play at all to two hundred near two hundred rallies. So it's not a lot different. No, no, over. 
244 we broke. 244. Fantastic. We broke yesterday. Why don't you try and get to 7.1 million? <laughs> I will. Yeah, <laughs> take me Shouldn't seven take years. Anyway, coming up, uh, we'll take you back to Russia 2018. Josh Whittacombe joins us. He's got a new Lockdown Parenting Hell podcast with his mate Rob Beckett. And Jeff Pope joins us to tell about his new series uh, next week on ITV, plus lots of other stuff besides. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Channel 4 apparently have just commissioned a show called Snoop Dogs where you get a tour of a celebrity's yeah. home. But, of course, because they're not allowed in there um, because of social distancing, they've strapped uh, GoPros to the celebrity's pets. And as they go herring around the house, uh, that's the way you get the kind of through-the-keyhole experience. And you have to guess who's, whose house it is. So uh, in lockdown, it's, everybody's coming up with formats. So maybe you could come up with one as well. What you got? It could only really work in the current lockdown situation. Um, well, look, we'll put them out there. One may get picked up. As I said, they're desperate, the broadcasters. Talksport.com forward slash H&J. Text to 8 to 1089 or tweet to TSH&J. Andy, have you got one for us? You look like you were quite keen to give us your new form. No, 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 I haven't really. I, all I could think of was Gary Lockdown. <laughs> we, we go around for, I haven't really thought it through, really. <laughs> no, is the answer to that question. What, what, is, Gary Lock, the first what is Gary place? Lockdown? <laughs> Do you know? I've, I've, got to work it. I've got to work up the format, love. I haven't quite okay. got it at the moment. Yeah, something maybe involving the, uh, the, the former Hearts player. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, 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 I don't know, it's quite limited, isn't it, really, to the Edinburgh area. So, uh, anyway, let's take you back to Russia. Yeah. And uh, day four, uh, this is part two of day four. Blimey, we rabbit on on day four. Yesterday was our experience of sitting in a bar in St. Petersburg and watching incredibly drunk bloke uh, drink himself senseless while England battled to a, a narrow 2-1 win over Tunisia. I have no idea where the conversation goes now, but let's head back then to St. Petersburg, uh, Russia 2018. I'm still smelling that strange sewer smell everywhere. I'm thinking of bottling it and calling it Canal Number no. 5. Really, are you? <laughs> uh, we, we, we kind of get pockets. Andy, if you've not been following this, Andy, within... Two seconds, basically, of getting off the train at St. Petersburg said, nah, not as good as Moscow. <laughs> I've never heard a, ri- uh, a city written off quite so quickly. John's a big admirer, though, our producer, of the larder. The, the larder car. He really. loves the larder. He, keeps, oh, yeah. he does the idea of a box on wheels. It's a tremendous. He enjoys the design. We've seen some. We're, we're going to buy him one. Do you know about this? Are we? Yeah, we are. We're gonna, oh. Me and the producer, we're clubbed together. We're going to buy him one. And, and uh, he's promised to drive home. He's already Google mapped it. It's 31 hours, apparently. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. So yeah. We, that means we've got to buy him quite a good one then. <laughs> there was quite a funky sort of 4 by 4 we saw today. I mean, you, you want one of the, yeah. you know. Yeah, he wants one that's about 12 years old, uh, 50 years old covered exactly. in rust or something. But anyway, we'll, we'll go looking uh, for him, yeah. We had a bit of fun in the uh, cab coming over here, didn't we, with uh, our Ivan, our fixer here, yeah. who was playing uh, some lovely jazz. And it's very quite strange, isn't it, in the morning? Well, he, we've noticed quite a lot of this. The, the, the jazz is big here, isn't it? Yeah. You've got to get in a cab and they're playing a, yeah, a little bit of Thelonious so, Monk. That's right. So we're starting our own station over here, Talk Jazz. Talk Jazz. We've got it all worked out. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, we've got, uh, we've got phone-ins. We've got, Hello, Adrian. I thought Winton Marsalis was awful today. Yeah, just didn't do it for me, I'm afraid. Not the best. Uh, then you get Mike Parry had come on and say, OK, Talk Jazz. It's a uh, saxophone. 
Blow into the big bell bit at the other end, not into the mouthpiece. And he'd have some crackpot theories, wouldn't he? Yeah, I think it'd be a good station no, talk, Jeff. It seems to work out quite well myself. All right. And, uh, and then uh, what else did we do late yesterday? Oh, we went to see an art installation. That was quite interesting. Yeah. Well, it kind of, it, 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 we don't quite know what it was. It was in an alleyway and, and effectively a council estate, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and the somebody back of had, the flats. Somebody had gone there and set up this very sort of odd, funky, very modern... Uh, sort of I art thing. It. Old cars, a mixture of old cars. Old cars and stuffed toys. Stuffed toys. We'll send some pictures out highly, of TSH and coloured walls. Uh, our TalkSport art correspondent, John Cadigan, felt that the artist had a slight breakdown. Yeah. But I thought, personally, <laughs> I quite liked it. a bit angsty. <laughs> but anyway, but, yeah, we'll, quite we'll send out some pictures. It was very odd. Although, we did try those dumplings last night that Kate, oh, now, yeah, Kate now. Partridge had recommended. Yeah, now, um, they've, okay. got, they've got different names all around. Some of our... Uh, Lumpy, I call them. Yeah, they're... They're called Pelmeni over here. Uh, pierogi, I think they call. for Arsenal? I think he does. Yeah, the Egyptian boy. Yeah. Uh, I think they're called Pierogi. One or two of the listeners have told us a little bit about that. They're they're kind of um, quite dense. I think the word is dense. Dense. It's like if Sky made a TV show about me, it'd be called When Noki Goes Bad. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Uh, Kate Partridge, uh, who works out for Russia today, she called it, she said, it's like eating a life jacket. And once you've eaten it, it actually opens up inside you. I, I normally, I'm a fan of the dumplings, so I ordered them but mm. uh, in the pub last night. But they were stone cold. You, you didn't seem to, I get quite worried if I eat food and it's not actually cooked. But you well, said, you, you woofed them down like Pringles. It just sat in. You love sat, them. Yeah, I, I, I don't quite know about that. <laughs> But they, they they did come back to me uh, during the night. They also tells us they do they do a cherry version of oh, those. Oh really? Yeah. And I did ask what the Russian word for Rennie's was, and she said vodka. So that probably <laughs> makes You it, heard that uh, John had sent his uh, spaghetti bolognese back in that. In well, that, one, that, that made, I imagine that made all the uh, news outlets. <laughs> uh, right. You heard. No one heard. Who they heard? Did. We mentioned it in the package. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. Fair enough. <laughs> I didn't, I, I was in, just, it's not on Twitter or anything. <laughs> Reuters had reported it. <laughs> they have. Yeah. Uh, he said it was the yeah, worst yeah, he'd yeah, ever you had. You two really are two peas in a pod. <laughs> I just. Johnny's basically mini you. He's going to be like you in about. And as I said, you're a bad influence. I, mean, I think he's my I'm natural not... successor. I've, I've said this to management. Don't bother with high-priced replacement for me when I retire. Yeah. He's, he's the boy. You've, you've, he's you've, perfect for you. You're he's... grooming him for stardom, aren't I you? I am. I've yeah. got, I really feel he's the man. And okay. we had a we had a game of pool after the match. We were in a good mood, weren't we? We, went God, up we were to our rubbish, home. though, weren't we? All of oh, us. Yeah. I've said, we, I was quite tempted to film it and send it to Andy Goldstein, who was doing the sports <laughs> oh, bar. He would have had a field day with our <laughs> terrible of technique. Well. <laughs> Somehow I won through. You against, did. You won the final. Against uh, our Error ahead of football. I'm like Bill Werbenick. I eat 15 pints before I can play. So that's steady yeah. my hand a bit. Yeah, of course. But, uh, this place is also is the home of the plastic collagen lip inflation. Oh, yeah, we've noticed God. a few corkers, haven't we? We've seen some terrible trout pouts here, really. Yeah. It's a, it's I mean, one woman had. You did sense there was one woman on the, on the, uh, on the metro, and she'd gone in with a picture of Sting's mate. <laughs> Because and said, That's, "I want that one." It was. Um, it was. Yeah, it was. It, it was, was incredible shocker, because yeah. basically her face was completely unbalanced by this very, very large top upper lip. And, and sometimes when people have that done, you're just staring at them, just thinking. What makes you think that? You were probably quite pretty before you went in there. What makes you think that's going to improve you? Hello, make me look ridiculous, please. I don't know. I don't yeah. get it. And I know Nigel Botherway is always listening to this show. He loves this show. And uh, he, we spotted we spotted some fishing stuff A here. bloke fishing yesterday, he yeah. spotted an angler by the side of the River Niver. Did you know it's called the River Niver? Is it Niver? called the River Niver? It's called the River Niver, which really surprised me. Did you think he bought his rod on the River Niver? <laughs> and also the fact that the Chiswick Pizzic was on the River Niver really is confusing. Yeah, now that, this, this small bird on the... We didn't mention that, the 
little bird uh, on the plinth is called the Chiswick Pizzic. I know, on the River Niver. On the, <laughs> that's <laughs> very confusing yeah. for me. Where's Danny Kay? We, we spotted, <laughs> we spotted yeah. a tackle shop as well. Yeah. So, Nigel, you know, I'm sure you know Come that. Come fishing shop. in Russia. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Uh, we mentioned earlier on, of course, that the broadcasters are looking for new TV formats that they can make in uh, these straight times in lockdown, uh, coming up with original ideas. And, of course, uh, the lockdown and isolation has spawned many fine podcasts. And uh, there is a new one mm. out now, and it features Josh Whittacombe and Rob Beckett, who are in uh, parenting at Lockdown Hell. I'm very pleased to say Josh uh, joins us now. Good afternoon, Josh. <laughs> Hello, how are you? Yeah, we're not too bad. Good, uh, thanks. Thank you. Good, so, Good uh, to be back on the show and doing it from my own, uh, my own house. What a joy. <laughs> you haven't got the long journey in. Uh, <laughs> it's, always, it's always lovely to see you, but um, and I'm sure we'll put that right when, when we're through all this. I'm but, looking uh, at a picture of you two to make it feel more like I'm there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> bit, bit creepy. But um, <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, uh, let's find out a bit more about the, the podcast. Because how old are your kids and, and what about so Rob's situation? T- two and a half. Right. And uh, Rob's uh, children are two and a, uh, daughters are two and a half and four and a half. Basically, what happened was, was what we've going now, six weeks we've been in lockdown. Hmm. And I realized, and obviously, you know, this is a very tough time uh, for a lot of people. And we're... Um, you know, looking after kids is not is not the most difficult thing in the world. But what I realised was both me and my wife were kind of on our WhatsApp groups with our dads and our mums, kind of all venting about uh, the experience of being locked up with your child. And um, that was the only thing that was getting us through. And particularly Rob Beckett having a bad time was really cheering me up. So uh, we made <laughs> it into a podcast to help other people get through this tough time. Oh, excellent! So, and you've got yeah, you've got a bu- bunch of your friends, uh, fellow comedians, uh, yeah. that are, are going to be weighing in and giving the, their experiences as well. Yeah. So, Catherine Ryan did the first one, and it was mm. interesting to talk to Catherine because obviously she, she her daughter's ten, I think, mm. and so it's a very different different situation where her daughter's now kind of not interested in her, rather than too interested in her, <laughs> like me and Rob. And then we've got John Richardson on Friday, uh, and then we've got Lucy Beaumont, who is obviously a brilliant comedian. She and John are married, so that'll be two different sides of that. We've interviewed Jason Manford, Miles Jack, <coughs> Alex Horn. We've got loads of people coming up. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun, and it's been a genuine great way of escaping having to do uh, parenting as well, which is a real bonus. It, it, I do have sympathy because I've, I've got grandchildren, um, sort of five to uh, sort of two, and actually no, five to three, and then one baby, and it is incredibly difficult for my kids to look after them. I mean, they're having to do the homeschooling exactly like you are, and it's just that thing of constantly being with them. It is difficult when they're ten. It's a lot easier, isn't it? Because they can so you can just fob them off with yeah. the computer, which apparently isn't that bad for them. I've a seen great parent in there, no. fob them off with the computer. <laughs> Fantastic, no, isn't it? You, See you in no, 10 no. years. No, because people, instead of it being bad for people, they've, they've been doing research into this, and apparently it's not a negative thing for kids to spend hours and hours on the computer. You'd think it would be, but apparently it isn't, according to the latest research. Don't quote me on it. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I think the thing with it is, like, Obviously, everyone's having different experiences, and mm. it's just, it's, it's kind of, you feel a guilt a bit, really, for, for being, you know, for being a bad parent, if you do any kind of shortcuts, or if a meal 
you know, if you give them chocolate for breakfast or whatever. But I think, think kind of why, <laughs> you know, which I might have done once. But what you kind of end up realising is getting through this and, you know, with a, a happy child and, you know, and all of us coming out okay is kind of all you can hope for. You shouldn't be trying to put pressure on yourself to, you know, the, the schooling at home's not going well or the food's not going as well as normal. Because it's, you know, it's a difficult enough time and we're just trying to kind of talk about the difficulties of it and make it funny so that people don't feel so bad about how they're doing themselves, I think. Sure, yeah. And I think the interesting thing is I was watching a pre-lockdown cricket documentary last night. One of the players, oh, yeah. and cricketers say this a lot, they say, I wish I could spend more time with my family. One of the things about the job is I don't get enough time to be with my family. Well, you certainly Ooh. do now, that's for sure. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, isn't it, to have that sort of positive attitude to that, to say, well, look, I've always complained about this. Now I have got the chance and, you know, there's no point complaining about that. No, exactly. It's, it's a kind of grass is always greener situation, isn't it? When, you, you, when you're away on tour, you miss your family. And when you're stuck in your house, you think, I just want to do one gig in, on the Isle of Man. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> true. Definitely true. Now, there was a nice story about your club, actually, that surfaced today. Uh, this is the 10-year-old uh, Argyle fan. Um, yeah. Apparently oh, yes. based, based in... Um, in the states that sent the pocket money to the club, a ten a ten pound oh. from his last trip to the ten UK. Ten pounds and to ten dollars. Yeah. Simon well, Hallett. That's right. Yeah, nice, that's, nice touch. They're doing. It's a really, you know, that is a, a lovely story, and obviously that'll pay for three of our players as well in League yeah. Two. But I, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's signing on fee really. But um, I think like it's a really good time for Plymouth Argyle. Not obviously since the coronavirus, but Simon Hallett's doing a great job. Uh, we've got Ryan Lowe, such a, you know, he's an inspiring manager. And it feels like the club, maybe for the first time in a decade, is really like going in the right direction. It's kind of very exciting to be a Plymouth fan at the moment. Yeah. Obviously it was until two months ago. And yeah. now you're just hoping that because uh, we're at a point clear of fourth place, they're going to shut down the leagues and go with the current standings or we'll be promoted by default. Yeah, of course. You're in that great situation where you're the last, you know, one of those teams that don't want it ever to end and you want everybody to come back. That's true. Exactly. Just on another, on another subject, uh, um, uh, every day we've been serialising during lockdown, courtesy of Ian Danter, who's Britain's foremost Steve Bruce impersonator, as you're about oh. to hear. Uh, Striker, yeah. one of the three uh, masterworks by Steve Bruce yeah. and uh, you did that on quickly Kevin I only realized this the other day because uh, um, one of the listeners sent sent us the mugs it's now sadly out of stock it showed us the, oh, the mug stock, of yeah. uh, the Lettersford town Steve Barnes mug <laughs> it's brilliant but, but they are we I've had this book around for years and we, we used to read bits of it about sort of 15 10 15 years ago yeah. but it's it's an amazing they're amazing books aren't they and he deserves they, a lot of credit are. for doing it I think I think they're they're brilliant. I like I, I genuinely, you know, we've done so this is quickly Kevin's kind of my nineties football podcast. We've mm. done like seventies episodes, we've interviewed, you know, people like Gary Neville or Matt Letitia, but the ones that people talk about the most are when we read Steve Bruce's detective novels. <laughs> um and it's kind of um it's just it's 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 brilliantly of a time, do you know what I mean? Mm. You, you can't imagine a manager these days taking time out to write three detective novels based in the football world. <laughs> no. And I think the novels now, So, if you own the book, I think you're basically in the position where you should go on the Antiques Roadshow and retire, because I think they're like a grand now that they're yeah. worth these books. 
I mean, that's what people are asking. Whether whether they're getting that for them is is another thing. You can you can ask right. away for a grand. You may you may not get that. Yeah. I'd say, let's just play you a little bit. This is Ian Danter. Okay, he's a brilliant impression. He, so he's done. The, he's been doing the book as if Steve was doing it. Have a listen to Dance. Oh, lovely. There was no place in my scheme for a man like Eddie Carberry, whose ideas of training meant two circuits of the cinder track, a bit of wall passing, a lot of shouting, and then everyone down to the pub for a liquid lunch. There we are. It's, it's uncanny, isn't it? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you know how much it's infected my kind of view of Steve Bruce reading these books? Is that the, when the Saudi Arabian Newcastle thing first happened, my first thought was, I wonder how that would be covered if it was in a Steve Barnes book. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Exactly. So Lawrence would be selling his shares to the uh, Saudi Arabians. Yes. Oh, no, so Lawrence would love to sell his shares to the Saudi Arabians. He's a very canny yeah. business man. Now, we haven't got to the end of this yet, so we don't want to know if it is Eddie Carberry. Oh, it's too obvious if oh, it's sorry. Eddie Carberry, but, I mean, it oh, would yeah, be the ultimate it. double. No spoilers. See, the terrible writing, or it's too obvious. So we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll find out in the fullness of time. Writing. Do not yeah. do that. <laughs> well, Josh, good to talk to you. Take care. Thanks and the, so much. Where the podcasts are available, and what the first, when's the first one? Is it out now? It was out uh, yesterday. Uh, okay. The next episode. Uh, so Captain Ryan was out yesterday, and the John Richardson one is out on Friday. On you know, nice iTunes, one. Spotify, whatever. You know. Brilliant. Uh, we'll, we'll see you soon. Look after yourself. Take care. Thanks, Cheers, Josh. Guys. Have a good one. Cheers, All guys. The best. Bye. Josh Whitaker there with Rob Beckett is bringing you lockdown parenting uh, hell at the moment, wherever you normally get your podcasts with lots of top guests. And there's some, hopefully, practical hints as well. Andy, very quickly. Yes, have you seen this one from Crackers, his lockdown format? A nice uh, idea, yeah, Z- tell us. T- ten Z-list celebs are made to watch an internet box set streaming service while eating gherkin after gherkin after gherkin. The last one left eating the delicious pickles are the winner. The show to be called Netflix and Dill. Netflix and Dill. He's really People put a lot of thought that. in there. People would watch but anything you were at the saying moment. to me about, we were going to talk to Mike Parry about this, about the fact that he's, his bookshelf, he put pictures of his bookshelf. So I thought actually we could examine people's bookcases in shelf isolation. Oh, now that's a great idea. That's a brilliant idea. That really, that's BBC4, Andy. I, I put, <laughs> you, put your name to that before somebody nicks it, which they <laughs> almost say. certainly will because it's become a thing, isn't it? Isolating, people are looking at books. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. It's me and Jacobs here on TalkSport. Off the back of a TV format, the Channel 4 have picked up, um, which involves strapping strapping a GoPro to a celebrity's dog, letting him run around the house in a kind of bizarre through-the-keyhole format. Um, We we wanted you to come up with some isolation formats, and we've had one or two interesting ones uh, from you, uh, so you can keep those coming. Uh, Don't mask me, says uh, Hilly the Hammer from Hertfordshire. (laughs) Um, Celebs wear PPE masks, maybe even a hazmat suit. Uh, Public ask questions to try and guess who it is. You could see that in the full gear, couldn't you? And then uh, it is. who could I think? Oh, blimey, I think it's somebody from Love Island. So uh, all good ideas. Keep them coming. TalkSport.com, text 81089, tweet T-S-H-N-J-T-S-H-A-N-D-J. Now, Andy, talking of PPE. Yeah. I just want to thank Juliet James, who's a listener and somebody who follows me. I follow her on Instagram. She's an artist. And she's been making in her spare time these sort of very nice. I mean, I've even got one in gold. I ordered two, actually. One in gold and nice. uh, one in came in royal blue in the Chelsea colours and with a little bag that says CFC in. I'll, I shall definitely wear it whenever we do get back to Stamford Bridge. I shall wear it during the game. So I want to thank her for that. A very nice uh, little yeah. item there. Thank you. We said this. I mean, if, if masks do become sort of uh, de 
Gurren, which they're kind of not in this country at the moment. But I think they the will clubs be. will start to turn them out in the club colours. You go to games, you'll have the the club crest. They'll find a way to cash in the clubs, won't they? You can see that it happening. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, anyway, um, before we bring you Striker today, Andy, you know, the sort of odd bits and pieces are turning up on social media. And this is something I'd not seen before. We know you're a big fan. We both are. We, we love the darts. We're a big fan of Russ Brown, the work he does. And this was a few oh, yeah. years ago, apparently, but this thing completely passed me by. I'd never heard it before. Um, okay. I believe one of the sponsors it was, I didn't exactly see where it came from, but one of the dart sponsors decided to get Russ to do um, 180, his trademark 180 in different languages. Have you ever seen this? No, I've never okay, seen well, it. Okay, well, it's, about, it's a bit long, but what I've, we've just given you a little section. So this is Russ taking us around the world in 180s. In Chinese. In Filipino. Turkish. <laughs> Russian. Fantastic, isn't it? In Turkish, it yeah. sounds like you sexy, doesn't it? <laughs> Is that uh, around the world in 180 days, surely? Uh, yeah, it should be, yeah. But yeah, I, thought you'd, I thought you'd like that, Andy. Oh, it was. I love Russ. He's a voice. It's so voice. hard, isn't it, Andy? With the state you'd be in trying to do that. No, yeah, don't do that. You won't be able to speak. Should we have a bit of strike? Should we do that? Yes, please. There we are. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this is Steve Bruce's murder mystery. We've just chatted to Josh Whittacombe about it, of course. And uh, I think we're in Chapter 5 now. We're about sort of 30-odd, about a third of the way through. Should we, so, should we get Russ Bray to do Book 2? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Could be, could be Unless a he does wearing. a good Steve Bruce impression. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, let's give you a recap of what's happened in uh, Steve's murder mystery striker so far. I was with the chairman when the first editions of the Leddersford Inquirer were brought in. We were front page news. Whoever had wanted to harm Pat Duffy enough to kill him was also doing serious damage to the club. The murderer, what happens if he's an employee of the club? Well, it certainly looks that way. It's necessary to have somebody batting for you. Bill Brown bats on my side. His contacts within radio and television have been informed. Bill had been stressing that I was completely innocent and that business as usual in terms of planning for good results was the order of the day. Be easy if there's been a kind of murder of the star striker at the club just to sort of carry on. Yeah, anyway, let's, let's look ahead to Saturday. Uh, but anyway, I suppose that's, that's what they're doing, isn't it? Keeping calm and carrying on as much as they can. And uh, here is uh, today's thrilling instalment. The weekend game against Fulton was the order of the day at the town ground. All this was explained in detail to Sir Lawrence. The chairman nodded his satisfaction. I've asked a member of the agency to prepare a statement for Steve, Bill said to Sir Lawrence. It should have been faxed through by now. He can read it to the press and the TV and radio people. Should I take questions afterwards? I asked. I think you ought to, Sir Lawrence said. It always looks bad, especially on television, if a statement is followed by an abrupt dismissal. It always appears as if there's something to hide. I agree, Bill said. I shall accompany you, but I shall say nothing. Sir Lawrence said, except to state my complete support for you and all members of the club in this unfortunate matter. Bill Brown nodded sagely. He took a comb from his breast pocket and 
tried to bring some semblance of order to his unruly hair. Sounds like that idiot Dante. The facts had arrived. Julie brought it in. I had time to read it and digest it. Are we ready then? Sir Lawrence asked. I'd like to talk to Susan again, I said. I'd spoken to my wife earlier. Now, it was a matter of bringing her up to date. I assured her that all was well and there was nothing to worry about. She suggested getting in the car and coming over, but I persuaded her that the best place for her at this time was at home, giving explanations and support to the children. I suggested that she should keep them out of school for the remainder of the week. I didn't want them to come under the spotlight in any way. I rang off and said that I was now ready to meet the throng. We went to one of the upstairs function rooms. On our arrival there, we were met with a battery of flashbulbs such as I have never witnessed before, not even when I lifted the FA Cup and the European Cup as captain of Mulcaster United. All those flashbulbs, all those reporters, TV cameras, microphones in such a restricted place made me realise how intense public scrutiny really can be. Oh, the Mulcaster years then. And people only really... And Is there any other way of nodding apart from sagely? I mean, really, one of the, the very the <laughs> few really, things that no. people do sagely is nod, isn't it? Really? <laughs> That's very true, actually. Bit of homeschooling there for Steve's kids. Uh, yeah. Pretty good, actually. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport. Next Monday on ITV, you can see the first of uh, four short dramas. Uh, the man behind it, Oscar-nominated uh, writer-producer Jeff Pope. He bought you... Philomena and Stan and Ollie at the cinema and a confession and Little Boy Blue on uh, TV. And uh, we're very pleased to say he's a big football fan as well. He's been on the show and he joins us now. Good afternoon, Jeff. Good afternoon, gents. Yeah, how are you faring in lockdown? Well, I kind of know a bit because really the, the inspiration for the isolation tales came from what your family's been experiencing. Yeah, that's right. We all had it. Um, so I've got three sons uh, and my wife and... I was a bit rough, but my wife really had it the worst. And uh, there were two or three nights when we would, should we take her to A&E or not? And in the end, we didn't. And we were lucky and she, she pulled through. But it, it definitely, um, you know, it was a very, very frightening uh, couple of weeks when she was at her worst. Wow, yeah. I mean, this, wow. is, this has been yeah, the thing, worry. hasn't it? We've Definitely just seen worry. it. People that are generally kind of fit and well, and you think they'll be able to shake it off, and it just seems to affect different people very differently. Well, it, it was a complete lottery. Uh, uh, she she was really bad. I was rough. Uh, and then uh, varying degrees down to my to my youngest son, who's 19, and he just had a bit of a cough for about a day and a half or so. and. Yeah. and uh, it is, it, it, you know, this do, does seem to be no rhyme or reason as to as to who who really gets it and who who manages to shrug it off. It would be incredibly useful, Jeff, if you knew you'd had it and you knew you had some immunity, because then you could go out and sort of not be useful because you're always useful. But you know what I'm saying? You could you could contribute to society in a way that people who are yeah. stuck indoors can't. But no one knows whether they've actually had it, got it or still got it or, uh, you know, asymptomatic. This is one of the main problems at the moment in moving out of lockdown. That's right. I mean, how do we know if we need one of your snoods or not? You know, we, we just, <laughs> we're, 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 
uh, no, I like. I think this. This there was a, a couple of a week or so back. There was a thing that uh, plasma from people who have had the illness might help provide some immunity, and then that seemed to go away. I, it's it's hard. It's hard to. Uh, it's hard to tell the. Um, but I have to stress that that my wife Tina was one of the unlucky ones. She had a, an extreme reaction. Um, uh, it, that it's tiny the percentage and uh, so because you know I've talked about it to friends and family and and those who haven't had it uh, get terrified when when they hear of what she went through but it's got to remind people well most people it just feels like a, a nasty flu yeah but from it of course yeah, uh, this 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 idea uh, came about and imagine logistically putting this together because effectively the actors will be performing these at home. They're setting up their own lights. They're setting up their own sound. And, uh, it's a, you, know, a, you know, by definition, they, they have to isolate. You can't let people in. And, um, and I suppose it's been quite difficult to pull together. It's been absolutely fascinating doing it. Um, as you say, the, the, we couldn't... No one has had contact. So the whole thing was made without anyone ever having contact with anyone. We've all been in our rooms on the end of Zoom or, or, or Skype or those kind of social media things. Um, and the whole thing has happened remotely. We, we delivered uh, cameras and sound equipment and some lights sterilized to, their, to the doorsteps of the actors. They, they take them in and then really it's a crash course in how to film from, from then on. There's like the... the, the the extreme example is um, there's one one of the stories is a wonderful actor Eddie Marsan, and he lives in mm-hmm. West London, and he's got he's isolating with his wife and four kids, um, two of the boys because they were the right age for the characters um, play two of his sons. He's a he's a guy who's separated, and so there's th- there's Eddie and his two sons now. But this wouldn't have worked if there wasn't someone else in the house who could operate the camera. So in steps Janine Marsan at his, at his wife, who did an absolutely <laughs> brilliant She was camera woman, uh, uh, lighting, wardrobe, props, makeup. And then when we stopped for lunch, she, she, made the, she went off and did some homeschooling with the other two kids and then made everybody sausage and chips. Uh, what a woman <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> brilliant it's a creative challenge this isn't it for people in, in tv because i'm saying yesterday i watched grayson perry's show on monday night and he used the situation and i think that's part of it isn't it to, to be able to use it creatively as a sort of rather than just you know we're seeing a lot of i won't name them but a lot of tv shows that we love normally it's really struggling especially with comedy with timing and stuff like that it's very difficult for them you understand that but this is this is a creative challenge and you've taken it head on yeah well what i felt was there there's a lot of you know there's a lot of content out there and, and it's great you know the uh, breakfast shows and um, uh, current affairs news uh, but I, I felt that the, that really the, the, the voice of a, a, a drama a scripted piece where, where the whole point of it is you're able to get right to the heart of, of an emotion or, or that's really what drama does as opposed to documentary and stuff. I felt that this was we sh- we should try we should try to 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 make some some dramas about what's going on and um, 
Uh, because I, I the, what normally stops us is the lead time. You know, it, it, when the couple of other things we're talking about yeah, confession or little boy blue, from from the first idea to when they're on screen, that would be eighteen months, maybe mm. two years. This from the when I mm. came out of this awful period with my with my wife, that was to, to having the idea to being on screen. It's a month. Wow! Um, and the, the, what was driving yeah. that was that we felt wow. it was it was the key the key thing. Was to was to get these stories, which are about what's happening to us, on air whilst it's still happening. That was the absolute key for us. Uh, you you mentioned Eddie Marsan. They also Sheridan Smith, Darren Boyd. So you've got a good cast and, and very good, good, good writers as well. So it all bodes well. Yeah, uh, very very lucky. I mean, turns out there's a lot of people kicking their heels who jumped at the chance to do something so it was a it was a great time to be in, be in the market with with an idea like this sheridan is uh, about three weeks away from um from having a baby uh, but she's isolating with her partner jamie horn big arsenal fan uh and he was he was absolutely brilliant because he, he um he, he's looking after her she, she's even difficult getting up and down out of chairs you know when pregnant women are right towards the end but he's, uh, if he ever chose to, he, he could have a career as a cameraman. He really could. He was brilliant. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, we'll just we'll move on to the football then. Um, you're a regular at, uh, at yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to still call it White Hart Lane. That's not going to change. Why not? So um, how, how have you found life without football, Jeff? Are you coping? Well, it's a, it's a very, <laughs> it sounds, you know, dark bleating about it. There's much more serious things going on but it is a really weird uh going through this without any without any football without any sport really i've tried to try to get on with reruns of old gack um i don't know there was some italia 90 i caught, caught up on the other day that was on and uh every every uh every um rerun of an fa cup game seems to be tottenham getting beaten yeah. I, I, the other day and that was there was the semi-final when arsenal beat tottenham and, so uh, I, I, it's weird. I, I think years ago, as a as a kid, I'd have loved to have seen old games again and again. But because we have such a, a diet of live football, and because it's all story, what's going to happen in this one and this one, I find it really hard to to get on with old old matches. Even matches, even if it was a game where I don't know, I'm a Spurs fan, as you said. Even if it was a game where we won five nil, I still it's it's the it's the unknown is is the is I think what we're all addicted to, you know, the fact that Watford could end Liverpool's unbeaten run, um, e- even even in you know the season that we're still in. So um, it's been tough, but I'm I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who won't have any sympathy for football fans missing football. Mm. No. I uh, I had a go at Keith Hackett, the old that. referee who was doing a mm. game in 1989. I had a pop at him yesterday for not giving. Um, sorry, 1979, not giving Chris Jones a penalty against Manchester United. So I, I, I'm finding myself getting angry at reruns, uh, Jeff, at the moment. Tell, tell you what I have done, though. I, it's interesting. You know, you sometimes uh, go down a rabbit hole when you're you're online and stuff. I did, I've been doing, reading a lot about Leeds Bayern Munich, 1975. I yeah. find that, that fascinating, how Leeds were robbed yeah. and how a goal was given and, and the referee and the Lionsman were running back to the sent the uh, halfway line and, and Beckenbauer suddenly turns it all around and, and, the, and has a word with the referee and next thing you know, the goal's disallowed. I, it, that's, and that seemed an extraordinary game. And it was so, there was such a, um, 
violent reaction, no one condones that from the Leeds fans, that they considered abandoning completely European competition in the wake of that. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We'll do it all again tomorrow from one. We have got a cracking lineup of guests for you. Actor David Morrissey, big Liverpool fan. Dave Angel, eco-warrior, will be joining us. Remember him from the Far Show. Mark Pugh of QPR. A dab hand in the kitchen, as we'll discover. The great Andy Cole of Newcastle and Manchester United fame. And Stevie Nicholl joins us uh, to refocus. We tried to do it the other day. We had a problem with the line, but he'll join us from the States, former uh, Liverpool player. And uh, we'll be chatting to him. So plenty to go at tomorrow. Until um, then, keep safe, look after yourselves, and we will catch up with you then. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.